0: From the PSIA AASI Mobile Studios at Huntley Lodge here at Big Sky Resort in Montana, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. What a lineup we have on this show. Jens Husted, Mike Porter, Tim Petrick. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <Three> judges, <yeah. laughs> yes. So what was it like for you guys to be contacted about coming here and joining National Academy as coaches this year? Tim, let's start with you.
1: Uh, completely unexpected um, and but really exciting and um, a big honor you know to be asked to come back um, after so many years to to participate in this event which I've, I have really great memories of you know as, as a team member to be able to ask to be asked to come back and and help out been great and uh, what three days into this I'm really couldn't be happier been a blast
0: Mike uh, it's a
2: great pleasure, honor. Uh, lately, I've been able to do a few of them, but you never know. So you keep saying, anytime I get the chance, I'm going to be back. Uh, get really rejuvenates you too. I think what's really fun is the excitement and rejuvenation, and uh, you know, it's like being young again, mm-hmm. fired up.
3: Jens? yeah. I mean, it, you don't work with you don't work with people very often um, after you've done this so long and and been away from it you just don't you don't get out with a group like this uh, of any level really so um you know I was really nervous I was very honored to do it like like Tim was talking about I said you know kind of unexpected and uh so I was like I got to do this I mean you know these are my people I got to be with them. <laughs> well, it was funny. I was
0: talking with an earlier interview. I was like, I ended up in a group led by Jens Husted, who's like, you know, this huge name from when I started teaching. And, and then I learned we live in the same town, and we're, we both ride bikes, and we're going to be riding bikes this summer. That's
3: right. So, after, after you get healthy,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, uh, I, I heard that you really overcame some health issues from a year ago to come back to where you are now. Not, yeah. a, not well, even, well, not, a year. Even, a year not ago. even a
1: year ago. No, no, it's three months ago. Three January. Months? Yeah, January 18th, I had a uh, a coronary. So that was obviously something <laughs> that was unexpected, and uh, you know, made a big uh, change to my kind of perception of life and what's going on because I. You know, I uh, I coded in the in the ambulance up at Silverton Mountain. My heart stopped. I stopped breathing. CPR, AED, shocked my heart back. You know, got me back in business. Uh, then they put me in a helicopter, flew down to Durango to the Mercy Hospital down there. Met the cardiologist at the heliport and. Uh, from the time of the onset of symptoms until they had a stent in my heart was two hours and thirty minutes, which is quite remarkable. Being seventy miles from a heart, uh, from a hospital, so. Yeah. And
0: recovery. I mean, how are you back to skiing yeah. the way you are? are you...
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't like I had like a really diseased heart. You know, I mean, most most people have a, a you know a, an MI will uh, you know have other uh, arteries in their heart that are, are having some signs of arteriosclerosis or you know some kind of a of an issue with uh, you know blockage in the heart and my heart was perfect except for this one uh, left anterior descending artery which unfortunately got a piece of plaque broke off after a pretty f- serious physical exercise jammed in there you know blocked off a blood flow to a third of my heart And, uh, you know, they got a stent in, you know, very quickly and no damage to the heart muscle um, that they can see from the echocardiogram six weeks after the event. And, uh, you know, they got me on some blood thinners and some statins and this and that. But, you know, I feel pretty good. I feel 100% actually. So, strange. I'm happy to to survive it so I could come here to the academy. As are we. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: now mike yeah. gotta ask you i uh, spoke with a, a gentleman uh, a couple of hours ago he's 92 years old well 91 he's almost 92 um still teaches part-time loves it how has our perception on maturing changed uh really in sport as a whole because i mean i remember when it was you were old if you were doing stuff when you were in your 50s mm. true but i
2: but if i look back in our history we've had a lot of people with longevity junior manuse who i think he skied off the the top part of snowbird
3: still yeah yeah in late 80s
2: 90s (laughs) alf engen was out there um i think we we saw it as young because it was promoted that way and all the videos and the movies at that time uh but there's been quite a few long ones, and, and I think that's one of the things that's driven a lot of people to teach in the sport is that there is some longevity that you can always teach. And the majority of the lessons are, are lower levels and intermediate levels and all that that give a, a really a, a great format for the older instructor who has empathy, sympathy, been there, done that, uh, has seen most situations, so it can be a very effective teacher. Um, but doesn't it doesn't have the horsepower necessary to go charging up there um so there's plenty of room for the young ones but it's been interesting that all through my career i've had mentors that were older than me it wasn't like i was leading the way as i got older you know and, and still at my age there's still some people older than me that i look and go holy smokes they're still going out there so uh and i think it's, it's just all a perception and it was more an illusion and with the you know what sports illustrated took a picture of what ski mag ski and skiing magazine promoted Versus reality in the locker room
0: is it's still going.
1: 60's a new 40. Pretty much. That's right. Well, Jensen,
0: and kind of expanding on that uh, topic, you know, I remember it wasn't that long ago when, you know, 65 and over, you got a free pass.
3: I know. As the baby boomers, you know, as as we all got older and older and older or are getting older and older, they just realized. This is where the money is. We've got to keep raising that senior rate, you know, senior free pass rate to a, or age to a higher age. I mean, that was it became a very much a financial decision on that. Sixty-five, yeah. I mean, that was a senior. I mean, I'm sixty, what seven? I don't feel like I'm a senior. You know, we all look up, but I mean, you don't feel like you thought a sixty-seven-year-old. You know, when you were forty, you thought, no, that looks old to me. You know, that sounds old. But that's, that's, like, the majority of the people that are, you know, skiing right now, like at, the, in, at this academy. I mean, this is the baby boomer group. And, um, you know, ski areas know it. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we can't get a ski pass until you're, like, 72 or something like that in most places. And,
0: but watching you ski I, I, doesn't look like skills have let off that much.
3: Well, smoking and mirrors. And I know, know you're going
0: to disagree with me, but and, and that's not a, you know, a, just an out there compliment.
3: I mean, you ski very well. Well, you know, you know, I think that when you when you've worked at becoming efficient at at skiing or kind of like a lot of sports, if you become efficient at it, you're you're trying to use you know the muscles is you know as little as possible in a lot of ways and so you you, you can you can kind of get your your body into situations that are um, less harmful to your body than than others you know unless you have a bad wreck or something uh... you can use a skeleton quite a bit Yeah, um, you can use a skeleton quite a bit to uh... to do a lot of the work for you so you know you, you just learn to do that and uh... you know it's uh some of it's just you know you've done something since you were five years old it's like walking and it's almost easier than walking you know then if you have bad knees it's, it's it's easier than walking up and down stairs
0: now question to all three of you i'd, I'd just kind of like for you all to chime in as, as we go along here but how much have you stayed on the current materials the current uh Books, the technical manuals that are with PSIA. Um, I mean, this has been a big part of your life. Do you just kind of want to let it go or do you stay up on that? Um, Because coming out and coaching, I mean, we're we're the national teamer. I,
2: I stay current. You do? Yeah, I like it. I'm watching World Cup all the time, leading a lot of discussions on what's going on there, working with the European, got a lot of friends in the European community, talking to them. Uh, I think in every manual, I've at least written part of it and been part of the editorial process, so I've tried really not to stay out of it. Because to me, that's the excitement in staying current. But by the same token, the skills concept is alive and well, and we were part of that evolution, the development of it, and it's making a recurrence now. So, that I mean, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. Physics hasn't changed. Biomechanics hasn't changed. So a lot of that is constant. I think what we're getting better is in teaching theory and understanding teaching theory. And I think the one thing the three of us have that many years of exposure out there, we've seen what works and what doesn't work. So we've learned by trial and error, so we've bombed enough to know what works and doesn't work. And I think that's one of our advantages where the younger person coming in, how do you you get them fast-tracked? So they have less errors and can be more effective right off, and that's where I've really seen our materials have, have really evolved, We got more specific, and they' really get you focused right away of how to, how to develop a good thing.
0: Yeah, that was a little loud. but <laughs> It's still fun being here where there's a lot of folks. Tim, what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I, would I have not been involved the way Mike has been involved in actually creating the materials but i've read the materials um just because it's an area of interest for me you know and um a, you know the whole experience of of becoming a ski teacher as a as a young man and 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 going through the PSA system has been so valuable to me as a as a business person as a as a person in society i've, I've learned how to communicate with people i've I've learned how people uh, learn, you know, and I've, and, I've, and I've been able to modify my approach, you know, whether it's been, you know, helping somebody try and ski better out on the hill or whether it's been trying to convince somebody to buy more of my skis when I was working with K2. You know, I mean, it's just uh, the, the fundamentals that you learn as a, as a PSIA member, as a ski instructor, going through this whole certification process um, are just, you know, they're life skills they're not really and you can say that they're about ski teaching but they're as much about life as they are about um you know teaching somebody to go left or right down the hill Tens, yeah um i have probably
3: for the three of us i've probably gotten away from it further than than uh than the other two mike and, and tim but um Quite a few years ago, they, they started having uh, the, the when they had the demonstration team would come together in the fall. Um, they would have an alumni alumni day, or they still do, and uh, and I would try to go to that just to, and they would be that would be their training, say at Copper Mountain or uh, wherever they're doing it. That this year, you know, like it was at a basin last year. So every year the the D team comes together, has a training for a week or so, and then one of the days they have like an alumni day. They invite all the old. Anybody who wants to show up can just come and go skiing with the guys that are on the team, the current team. So I've done that a number of years, and, um, you know, it's just kind of like, well, I wonder, what's, I wonder what they're talking about now kind of thing. And uh, so that kind of it, it, just, – I've always been interested, but um, doing that just once a year kind of – that, in, in a way that helped just that one time a year has helped a lot. And then I give clinics every now and then with, at, uh, you know, at Beaver Creek or – um in other areas. But um like like Mike was saying, it it you know, gravity is gravity and physics is the way it works and uh not much has changed other than the way we're dealing with gravity with like the the types of skis that are made now and, and uh that's probably had the biggest effect on, on uh you know basically how you ski anymore. I mean you know you're still using the edges, you're still pressure in the ski and it's weight on the downhill ski that stuff isn't changed much so
0: you know another question for all three of you um what's kind of one thing that stands out to you that that maybe we do change as we mature uh that we should change in our skiing or should we
1: tim Mm, i would say that um and honestly this is not something i just learned but um when I came back from the, the 83 in, inner Ski is in Sesto, and I went to Chamonix after, um, after being in Italy for the inner Ski, and um, I was with the guy who was the leader of the French team, a guy named, by the name of Gerard Bouvier, and Bouvier uh, watched me trying to descend the Grand Monte, you know, as a, very much an Eastern skier at the time, you know. and. He said, Tim, sometimes it's just about losing the gravity, you know. It's about getting, losing the elevation, excuse me. It's about getting down this hill. It's not about you making perfect turns all the way down this thing. It's about getting down the hill. So don't work so hard. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, that's something that's valid for me today because sometimes I'm making very aggressive turns and I'm really over skiing the hill, you know when the whole purpose is to stay upright and in control and get down to the bottom and repeat as necessary, right? So it's not about making perfect turns and being aggressive all the time, so.
0: Mike?
2: Yeah, my experience is similar to Tim's there. That I think as as I've aged, I've learned to read the mountain much better, Mm. to pick the correct tactics, to really see a line that flows with the mountain so I'm not fighting it as much, and I got And as such, then I don't crash as much. I mean, you don't get to put yourself in that same situation. And I think that's been the key to my success of longevity is looking at line, figuring out line, and then what is the skill blend I need to make that line? So as Tim said, I don't want to overdo it. What's it take? You know, what's too little, what's too much? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's trial and error. I mean, I can say the concept, but it's that experience, it's that mileage. And I think that... When you have that, you can go for a long time, and I think it's a great thing to teach. Then that's why when I can come out here, I feel good working at academy at Big Sky like this one with a lot of difficult lines up there, difficult terrain, gullies and chutes. One of the things I can really offer people is how do you look at that hill? What's the line with something that a younger skier that may not have had that much experience can't always offer? They can they can put it down on that line, and I can get you down. <laughs>
3: jens yeah i think uh i think some of it is is like what tim was talking about just uh relaxing a little bit more you know i mean you can muscle it and you know work every single turn all the way down the hill and as you get to a certain level then it, it becomes more comfortable but you don't have to work it as hard all the way down the hill and uh you know i mean frankly you know as we get get older and we have you know Structural problems, you know with knees and backs and and shoulders or whatever um, I Think you tend to, to just try to, to figure out, you know, what's too much, you know What's what's more edge angle than you could, you know Possibly need for this little hill right here because that's probably not so great on your knees if you do that all day long and um, You know if a certain level of fitness certainly helps but if you if you're not able to do that uh, Because of uh, injuries or whatever and you still need to and want to be out there then you kind of have to figure out, well, you know, what's Skidding around right here is not such a bad idea, you know. I mean, some of this snow you get early in the morning, you know, here, you know, this frozen stuff after, you know, in the spring, frozen tracks or whatever. I mean, that's survival stuff, you know. You're you just getting down it, you know, hoping it's going to soften up somewhere along the line. So, you know, I think that's, you, you kind give, of you give yourself a break in a way, you know. Don't work it
0: quite so hard all the time. Yes or no question for each of you. Jen's magic of skiing still there? Yeah. Mike? Definitely. Tim?
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: what is it about skiing that you just look forward to? Why do you love it so much? Uh,
1: you know, I, I think Warren Miller kind of had it. It's, it's like your first taste of freedom. It's, it's when you um, can decide where you want to go, how fast you want to go, you know what turn radius, you know, what part of the mountain you want to explore. You know, it's 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 a constant um, uh, involvement with freedom, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, Warren's book is freedom found. And, and it's not, it's not a hyperbole. I mean, that's what skiing's about. Skiing's about freedom, doing what you want. Mike, totally
2: agree with Tim. I mean, it just never ceases to amaze me. Just picking a line, playing there, the wind in the face, the, the, exultation it gets sometimes you pull off a line and you go wow i mean that's you know how did that happen what goes there but there's no guidelines there's no rules there's nobody telling you what to do you pick your line. i mean you find a safe line you look find your opening your window but you can just take it down there and nothing else can you do it and and it's for me it doesn't i don't have to conform to anything else it's what i did what i want total freedom
3: yeah i've always felt it was it was um for me, it was a creative release. Um, you know, I look at it as like you've got this hill, and it's kind of your blank canvas, and um, you can paint it whatever way you want, and you can do whatever you feel like doing with it. Um, you know, don't you're not going to want to do. I don't tend to do the same turn all the time, so it's like do, using different strokes, um, different paint brushes, different paints, different whatevers, and and it, so it's a very it's become a very creative thing for me. And, and the other thing that I really like about it is it's, it's very meditative. I mean, you are so focused on what it is you're doing that you, if you, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's so obvious when you've lost your focus because all of a sudden you just go flying off the side of the hill or something like that. And, um, but, you know, when you're, when you're focused on something so well that nothing else really is mattering, um it's that's a magical thing and if you, you if you're and you probably are doing that almost every time you get moving as you're focusing in on something you know a feel you know how does this feel or or whatnot so it, it, it it's be, it's a very i think a very you know mindful sort of thing for me
0: two more days of national academy left tim
1: what do you have a plan for your group i think more adventure you know, we've we've worked a lot on fundamentals the last 2 days that we skied together. Today was an elective day so everybody could ski with whatever, but my first two days with the group were a lot of basics, you know, working on fundamentals, and I think we're going to go try and apply them for the next 2 days. Yeah.
2: yeah, for my group, similar thing. We've got a lot of the basics going, we've built confidence, now we're going to go for experiences, creating new experiences. Finding thresholds where they thought would limit them and breaking through that threshold, that little self-discovery, what Jen's talked about, put them in a whole different mental space out there with just that sense of accomplishment. I really did it. I overcame this because uh, so often they spend all their time doing that with their students and it very rarely do you, are they self-rewarded and it's my role, I feel, to really take them out there and come back and go, oh, wow, that was something else. I never thought I could do that. I've never felt that control. I just gained new confidence. I, and that's the excitement, and we're all teed up to do it.
3: Um, I I think I'm probably going to be trying to take my people into different terrain than they've been on. Um, we've been on the groomers a lot, um, and I think we're going to try to... I'm going to have to push them a little bit to get them off of the groomers, um, maybe some if, if we can find some small bumps or whatever. So basically kind of just... Taking it up a notch in terms of terrain, um, probably terrain that they haven't been on yet that here at the academy. Um, this is a great place to scare people if they really want to. I hope they're not going to have that happen, but uh, but that really is, I think, a lot of the reasons why people come to a thing like this is that in general their mountain doesn't have stuff like this. They don't put themselves into the situation, so um try to do that in in a very uh you know safe way and uh and comfortable way to where it's not devastating so they don't just freeze up and you know have to sidestep down the hill so anyway that's what that's my plan
0: it's been great chatting with you just a couple of words in summary to uh conclude from each of you tim
1: uh, I think the academy is just a great event. I mean, it's just uh, it re- makes me remember why I enjoyed it so much, you know, over the years when I came to the academy, first as a participant and and then as a as a course conductor. Um, it's a great institution. I hope it keeps on coming.
0: Mike.
2: Oh, just to recommend to anybody listening to get to an academy. It is absolutely amazing to me that you can have 300 people. All working here that are so passionate so charismatic it, it's beyond belief I mean no other job I've ever worked in where everybody got along they weren't backstabbing or everything and here everybody's jumping up and down yelling uh, finding new barriers breaking them supporting each other it's, it's just a phenomenal experience you just come away from this week totally rejuvenated mm-hmm. you know it's it's like an experience you don't have and you know, I I look forward to more days than two, and when the two are over, I can't wait till the next time comes around and hope they pick me again.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, I for for me, it's the camaraderie that uh, always is developed, and, and you meet lifelong friends, you know, from the academies that you know back in the long time ago that we started doing the, some of these things. Some of those people are, you know, you run into them still, and. Uh, it's pretty amazing that way. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a small, it's a, it's a good fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but um, it, it's uh, the camaraderie of, of, of the whole group and, and whether, whether it's you know, just like our group of like demo team people, but that's just one of the parts because then you spread it out into all the people that are in your groups and, and uh, it, I mean, people get pretty tight in, in these things. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun process for the, throughout the whole week.
0: Jens Husted, Mike Porter, Tim Petrick, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank, Thank you, you George, George. From the PSIA AASIM mobile studios at Huntley Lodge, Big Sky Resort in Montana, I'm George Thomas.